people are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. All right, I wanted to preface this next episode because, well, as you're about to hear, this is my first time doing a remote podcast. Um, It was really challenging. Um, It was hard. There was like a little delay, so it was hard to not talk over each other. I definitely was interrupting Katie a lot, thinking that we were kind of wrapping up. And also, it was a really sensitive subject matter. So those two things combined were... I don't know. It was just tough. That's the only way to explain it. But I do want to keep getting better. I want this podcast to continue to grow. So I'm going to have to take some chances and learn new things along the way. So I hope you'll bear with me and, you know, know that I'm going to continue to work on it and hopefully get better. Thanks, y'all. Okay, okay. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number nine. And this is also my very first podcast where my guest is sadly not sitting in the kitchen with me. Um, I needed someone with a lot of personality to help me out on this one. So I thought, who better than my sister-in-law, Katie Miller, coming in (laughs) hot all the way from Cannonsburg, PA. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. So yeah, I hope everyone bears with me because I have no idea what this is going to sound like, but we're going to give it a go. Yep. All right. Do you know that every time we hang out, I like leave the hang and I start obsessively telling Brian, I'm like, I just love Katie so much. <laughs> <laughs> We've always had a good time together. We really do. I feel like we just have so much in common. Um, and also you're just very funny and you do the best Yinzer impression. You're an amazing mama. And you're also like such a busybody, even more so than me, which is hard to come by. It's really I don't impressive. know. I don't know. You're pretty busy too, but yeah, we definitely. Uh, have you we always have been super active? Um, yeah, no. I think I, one of my flaws is I just can't relax. So I'm learning to. That's I'm learning to uh, relax a little bit more now that the kids are getting older and I have a little more downtime. So I get that. I like that about you, though. I mean, people do really always tease me about that, but I think you put me to shame. I mean, but I feel like we're both like the work hard, play hard, you know? Yes. Yep. Yep. But And then when we're together, we play uh, real hard. Real hard. Fun <laughs> <Not> hard. <laughs> okay. So I know when I asked you to be on this that you, which it doesn't hurt my feelings at all, but that's when you, I was like, but please go ep- listen to an episode first. Yeah. And so I think you just maybe last week listened to your first episode and I'm going to put you on the spot, but what do you think? Tell me the truth. Go. I love it. I love that you're doing this. If it's something that you're super into and you know, there's no, nothing bad that can happen from it. And I, I totally agree. I think everybody has a story and, you know, likes to share it and you're super, what did I say? You're super confident and yeah, it just gives you time to Thank just sit you. down and listen to people, which I know is something you and I have trouble with sometimes because we're on the go. All the time. <laughs> so we bounce around from that one thing true. to <laughs> So I think I love, so I love, I love feel... that it just gives you time to like sit and listen to people. And, you know, I'm envious of that because it's, that's something that I need to work on too for myself is just listening. So thank you. I do feel like I'm learning a lot about myself. I am trying to be a better listener. I think this is like even just 
I, sometimes I'm like, oh, Ashley, wrong word. Or you said like to, I don't know. I think I'm just learning how to be a better talker, a better listener. Um, I'm also learning things about technology. I'm just, you know, doing my thing, yeah. learning new stuff. Yeah. And there's no um, right and wrong and you just go with it and, so and have fun. I, a nice little point around like a, oh, thank you. I know I've heard a couple of people like, I feel like I'm sitting in the kitchen with you. And I'm like, well, that was kind of my goal. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still like toying around a little bit with the format and it was more comfortable for me to do like chronological order of somebody's life up until the point I met them. And yeah. I think I said this in my last one, but I felt like maybe that was a little slow moving. So now I'm just trying to get into the darn thing. So we might end up doing that, but um, okay. little background here. So Katie is married to my stepbrother, Morgan. Um, mm -hmm. My dad married his mom when I was in eighth grade. And then Katie, I know you guys started dating when you were still in high school. So in, in my mind, you've pretty much been in my life as long as he has, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So we met each other. How long have you guys been together? <laughs> it's been 20 years in 2022. So Holy um, I was 18 and a senior going into my freshman year of college and he was going into his senior year, or I'm sorry, my freshman year, I was going to my freshman year of college. He was going to his senior year of college. Okay. Um, and so, we, and then you guys actually lived in Wilmington when I first started dating Stephen, which was the best. I yeah. mean, y'all knew him before anybody else did. We did. We did. We had a lot of fun with you guys when we were there. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I would <laughs> use you guys as a decoy. Like I would tell Stephen <laughs> that I was coming to see you guys, but really I was just trying to, you know, hang out with some Stephen Bright in my life. Yeah. We had, I feel like we have a lot of good memories from that time that we all still talk about when we're together. Right. I mean, we were young and fun and childless and just a yeah. uh, little nutty, you know, Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. um, is one of these memories when Stephen Bright caught all of our burgers on fire and there was like a three foot flame coming from the grill. Of course. <laughs> we cannot ever let him live that down. I mean, sorry, Shugs. I had to just blow up your spot really quick. Gosh. Oh. All right. Anyway, so Katie and Morgan are now back. We're just outside our hometown, um, raising three boys. Yeah. But like I said, Katie, if it's okay with you, I kind of want to dive right in because I want to make sure we have time to get to everything that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So fast forward in life. Um, I think if I bought this part, I'm sorry, but I want to say in February of 2021, um, my nephew, who is Katie's middle son, she's got three boys, was diagnosed with leukemia. And, yep. you know, I remember, um, Katie, and I know this is not about me, so sorry, but it's just like, I remember being at my sister-in-law Lindsay's house when, um, uh, my dad had called me and I went outside to take the call because he had sent me a text that led me to believe something not good was happening. Yeah. And I almost felt like it was like a scene from a movie, like time was standing still. And I went slowly from like standing to like a sitting position against a car. I felt sick to my stomach. I felt helpless. Like everything was fuzzy. I had so many questions and I just, I, I mean, I'll never forget that exact moment and I can't even begin to imagine what it felt like for you. But will you um, take me through like how, like what the events leading up to that diagnosis and what it was like when they finally sat you and Morgan down to tell you what was going on? Yeah. Um, so he kind of just started, he was seven at the time. You were right. It was February, 2021. Um, okay. And, and, you know, kind of after Christmas, like around New Year's, he just started not being himself. He was a very, and still is, he's a very active and animated little boy, um, loves going to school, loves being with his friends. He's always been, my oldest is a picky eater. So Owen's always been my adventurous eater and he ate everything. And he just started to be a little bit more quiet and he wasn't eating foods that he normally would eat. Um, he just was like not as hungry 
Um, nothing sounded good to him. And so we kind of, we saw the doctor about that because his belly was hurting him a lot. Um, kind of went back and forth for a week with them on just constipation, tried to give him some Miralax, kind of, you know, flush the system out, reboot it. And, you know, after a week of doing that, um, the pain was still there. And then we were tubing and sled riding in January. Um, and he really started complaining of back pain. And, and that's when I was like, something's not right. And Morgan and I just, we talked about it that night and we just, you know, it was, it, you really do have like parental instincts. Like it was just that moment where like this, sure. something just doesn't feel good. And so I contacted the doctor's office the next day and they, you know, did a teledoc because this was all just after COVID. Um, so things were still oh, a little weird. And so we did a teledoc appointment and I was just telling him like his stomach wasn't feeling good. He wasn't eating much. He didn't really, he was tired, very tired. Like he didn't want to go to school. His back was hurting him. So he's like, well, let's just run a blood panel. Like get that, look at his blood, see how that is. And then like, we'll move on. So we went to children's in, um, you know, 20 minutes from our house. There's different branches all over the state or like our area, but we went to the one in Bridgeville and got his blood panel done. And we were coming home and, you know, waiting here. And we got home and I actually like put him down for a nap because he was tired and I decided to take a quick shower. And I took my phone in because I always do because my kids are at school. I always have my phone on me. Um, and my phone started ringing and I'm like, of course, they're probably calling. I'm in the shower. So, you know, I just went about taking a shower and and then it rang again. And I was like, oh, gosh. And so right then, like I knew something was not good. Um, so I got out of the shower and I there was a voicemail. I listened to it and it was our pediatrician and it was a different doctor that we had spoken to. And I actually, this is the doctor, like she's always been my kid's doctor at our pediatrician's office since they were all babies. Like every time they go for their well child appointment, we, you know, see her. Yeah. She's just like Mrs. Miller, you know, this is Dr. Yost. I need you to call me. We, you know, we saw something in his blood. Call me as soon as you can. And so I called the doctor's office. She answered. Um, Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. No, it's okay. I have like chills over my entire body and I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I wish I was sitting next to you, Katie. Oh my God. It'd probably be worse if we were face to face. Um, <laughs> I sobbing. This oh, is one of my hardest parts to talk about. I don't know why. Um, um, I do know why, Katie. This is <laughs> like the craziest thing that has ever happened. And holy moly. Yeah, I was standing in my bedroom in my towel and she said, you know, his white blood cells are very low and, uh, his platelets are low. We're concerned. He needs to get down to Children's Pittsburgh as soon as possible. Um, they'll be waiting for you. And, you know, I was crying. And oh. she just, she said, this is where we start to worry about the C word. So she had mentioned it for the first time in that phone call. And uh, it took oh my, my breath away. I, I collapsed to the floor. And I was by myself. Uh, you know, he was mad. Oh. So my mom had come with me and dropped me off um, beforehand. And I just immediately. Was she not allowed to come in with you? Was this COVID? I'm trying to remember what kind of COVID situation was at this time. No, too. Like, she, you... I mean, she dropped me off. She came with me to get his blood work. Okay. And I was like, okay, I got in the shower. And was, <clears throat> we'll wait for them to call. And I called Morgan first and it was just hysterical and said, you need to get home. Like we need to go to children's and um, he rushed home and I called my mom next and she came right back and, you know, I just cried until Morgan got here and 
you know, they told us to pack a bag um, because we'd probably be there overnight. And uh, that was that. Like we rushed down to children's. They were waiting for us. They, you know, gave him an IV and drew blood. And it was just a lot of waiting. Like those next, I feel like 40, it was 48 hours. I feel like we just didn't have like an eternity. We didn't have answers right away. Um, They did pull us into a room out of the emergency room and said, you know, we're pretty sure this is cancer. Um, We just don't know the type. We don't know the severity. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. And so at at this point, is there like a certain type you're, no, you don't know anything yet. I'm like, what type are you hoping for? What's severe? Like, I can't even, how do you process? Like, what do you do next? I mean, we didn't know anything about it. It was our worst nightmare happening. Like no parent wants to hear their child sick, let alone has cancer, let alone, you know, we knew nothing. Morgan had listened to, um, right. One of the silver linings in all of this is all of the incredible people that I have met that are in similar situations and their kids have been diagnosed too. Um, it's really eye opening how many kids actually have this and get diagnosed, but there's a radio host, um, Colin Dunlap, in our area, in the Pittsburgh area, Morgan listens to him and um, his daughter had cancer. And so he talked about it a lot on the air. And so, you know, he talked a lot about the cancer floor in children's is nine, floor nine. And so the, you know, the doctor said to us after she told us, we're going to, we're going to transfer him up to nine. And Morgan just shot me this look. And I had no idea what that meant. But when we were walking back to the room where Owen was, he's like nine's the cancer floor like this isn't good if they're keeping us here um because they're you know in that time they were like we can't guarantee it's cancer like they're just very back and forth which is their job like they can't definitely right until they have all the exact testing back they can't really say yeah yeah okay so you're there for 48 hours and what at what point is this meeting like, here's exactly what it is. Here's the the severity, I guess, as you called it. And here's what you do. Like, when does that happen finally? Yeah. So it was, I feel like it was 48 hours. We spent the night, maybe it was the next day. It was something like that. Um, they had had to send his, they had trouble looking at his blood actually. Um, okay. So they had to send it to another hospital in Pittsburgh to have it like really studied. And um we, you know, we talked to one of the the head doctors there who, Owen and I just saw yesterday, Dr. Freeling, we really like her. Um, we're not assigned to her, but she just, um, our, our oncologist fellow was with us and she's like, well, you know, our main oncologist, Dr. Rapkin, who our fellows under, which we really love both of them, Colleen Matthews and Lewis Rapkin, um, he was teaching a medical class. So, you know, we see the fellow or a PA, but we always have to see the oncologist there when we're there. And, uh, She's like, Dr. Freeling's so excited you guys are here. She, you know, she's just, she loves when you guys are here. She wants to see you guys. Oh. So it's really nice that. Yes, they remember you. Of course they do. Um, yeah. But yeah, she started talking to us about, you know, of course, like can- cancer, you start worrying about medical bills and all of that, st- all that stuff just comes to your mind. And, she, you know, we were talking about putting him in a study and would we be open to that? It was just the next oh two God. weeks that we were in the hospital was just the most insane weeks of my life. It, you just, my head hurt every night just from crying, from the information thrown at you, um, all the stuff that you had to hear, you had to learn. I, you know, we're Googling stuff, reading, just, it was a lot, but, um, 
they went in the next day and, you know, once the, the slides came back from the other hospital, um, they were like, this is definitely cancer. He has leukemia. Um, once again, we didn't know a lot about it, but there are different types that kids can have. And Owen was diagnosed with ALL, which is acute lymphoblastic leukemia, um, which, you know, the survival rate is high, high, but still not something you want your child to go through. Um, so then we, you know, we just had to move with the motions of everything and he had to have, um, surgery to have his port put in. So he has a port in his upper chest, um, that he receives his chemotherapy through so that, you know, he had to undergo surgery for that. And then they had to do a couple of spinal taps to pull the bone marrow and leukemia out to test it. And then when they do that, they inject the chemo into his spine because it actually goes up around his brain and protects him. Um, oh so just like it was just one thing to the next and yeah, Owen and I were in the hospital for two weeks. I mean, can I you, do you, how, when did you tell Owen, like what was going on? How do you look at your, like, I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> Woo. Like Lucy is seven now. Like how, like what point did you tell him, like explain to him what was going on? That was, it was hard. Um, it was hard telling that him and the kids, um, the great thing is kids are resilient and they're young and they don't know as much as we know. So it's I very true. Remember, um, we, he knew he was sick and that, you know, I think it was a couple of days later, like the doctor, you know, there were just a lot of doctors coming in and genetics was coming in and we just sat on his bed and said, you know, buddy, they know what's wrong with you. It's you have cancer. And he's like, well, I do, I have cancer. And we're like, yeah, you do. And we talked about it and it was, you know, it was emotional, but we're very fortunate that a lot of family members, as you know, in our family have had cancer and have beat it. Um, right. mom, Susan is a cancer survivor and she's still alive to this day. And um, Morgan's cousin, Tara, had Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is very similar. Um, and she's alive today. So we just tried to keep it very positive. And, and that was my whole mentality that whole time to just keep us positive was just staying strong mentally in the hospital, being strong for him. So yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard. I think I was in the hospital with him. for. I was just going to ask you that too, about telling him, it's like, you've got to, you're going through your own emotions, but trying to stay strong for your son. And that, uh, you know, such as being a mom, I guess sometimes, but I feel like that's yeah. so difficult like yeah. beyond something I can comprehend. Yeah. But you just so, do what you got to do. Were his brothers, like were the other boys able to, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to remember with COVID, like, were they able to come see him? Like what role at this point does COVID have on, on your guys' situation? Like were both, were you, so I guess you and Morgan were both able to be in the hospital. Morgan and I were the only ones that were allowed to come in and out of the hospital because of COVID. Okay. Um, the kids, I think we finally got them in on Valentine's day. So we had already been there for a week and a half, but um, we got the boys to come down to the lobby and, we, and Owen was strong enough to get him down there to say hello. But I think I went, I don't even know how many days it was before I saw my other kids. I, I was just oh in the gosh. hospital and Morgan would come and go. And, you know, we're so grateful for our, our family and friends that, you know, family members just came in and took charge of my house and yeah. took charge of my kids that are going to school and, you know, meals were being dropped off and it, it, it just... I, you know, I, um, 
child life. That, amazing at a children's hospital. If if no one knows what child life is, it's there are people that go to school to, you know, help different kids. You know, there's child life on every floor of the hospital and they're great with helping um, your kids cope through the illness that they're going through. And so like they had a stuffed animal to show Owen what the port would look like that he was getting. And I remember them giving me a book um, that I took home to the other boys about your sibling having cancer. And, and I read oh, that. Wow. To them. Yeah. And that was I know. And I do feel like so thankful for so many things, just even that you guys live within 30 minutes of one of the most amazing children's hospitals to, I yeah. think in the country. I mean, I feel like they have such an amazing reputation. They that's do. Wonderful. We're, we're ranked like top 10 children's hospitals in our country. So yeah. We're, again, like you just said, the support from your family and friends and I, oh no, so far away and just trying to think of like, can we get cleaning people in there? Can we do meals? You know, talking to summer and charity just round the clock and what can yeah. we do? You know, and I just knew you had such a community rallying around you that I don't know how people get through any life without that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a lot coming home. Um, you know, charity and summer and my sister and brother, I don't, it, a lot of it is so blurry to me. I, I can't exactly pinpoint everything, every detail, but, um, I walked through the door and they were all there and, you know, I just collapsed crying. It just, I'm gonna start crying again. <laughs> oh, no, here I go again. Yeah. It was just emotional. Like I hadn't seen my family. I hadn't seen my kids. I, I remember hugging Owen and, or, um, Maxim Wyatt and just telling them how much I love them. And I don't know. Too, you know, that's so yeah. like so much on them. It's like, you know, my brother's sick. Was, I feel like they're such a threesome unit, you know, they're brothers. Yeah, they and then it's they're like, really oh, my mom, you know, it's like very confusing. Wyatt was yeah, five yeah. and, uh, yeah, it was just, I, you know, it, I just can't wrap around my brain. I was, and I remember talking to some other parents about this with, you know, their kids that had gone through this. I was so overwhelmed with the love and support that we got from everybody. I mean, people were just dropping stuff off at our house left and right and sending packages and buying things. And it was, it was really overwhelming. Um, like at one point, my whole dining room was full of toys and gifts. And <laughs> right. It was everybody so wants to do, everyone feels helpless. Like, what do I do? You know, how do you support? Oh, and how do you support Katie? That's amazing. I, I love to hear that though. Yeah. I think charity started to go. And people were just so generous. And I just, I, I remember talking to our social worker in the hospital. Cause I just had, I'm not, I don't, I don't like asking for help. <laughs> it's just something I don't like to do. I do know that, that to be true about you. Yes. <laughs> um, the fact that all these people were doing all these things and I just couldn't express my gratitude to them. It just was, it was hard. It was hard on me, but you know, I pulled through. I do get that. I, I, I feel like that is something I would be able to relate to that feeling right there, but you know what, Katie, I mean, people, and I know, you know, that love you and wanted to, and if the roles were reversed, you are that kind of friend as well. Like you would be there 10 times over. You're such a reliable go-to friend, you know, I mean, you would be yeah. the exact same way. What goes around comes around, you know? Yeah. So, I'm thinking about this whole journey. It's like you're, you've got, you know, your child is sick, like the scariest kind of sick. You've got your other two kids to balance. Like, what do you do for you in all this, Katie? Like, how do you stay strong? How do you keep yourself together? Like, I, I don't, like, how do you uh, try to give a little bit of time to you so you don't completely fall apart? I mean, I just, positivity and has always been, um, 
high on my list for a while. And so I would just not try to read too much about it. Um, I'd try to rely more on our doctors and what they were telling us. Um, try not to think of things of the what ifs in the future. And just really, it came down to day by day. It was getting through day by day. And yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, thinking, I do think there's a, I'm sorry, there's a reason that saying one day at a time exists. I'm it, such a, it's like one of those cliche sayings, but it's so it powerful. Is, you it know? is so powerful. And that's, that's what I, a big advice I give to anybody that's going through anything, you know, traumatic and, um, it is, it's day by day. And it, I remember Owen and I were in the hospital yesterday for his count checkup and I was in the Starbucks. They have a Starbucks in the lobby down there. I just remember that being my outlet, like to leave his room and go down to Starbucks for 10 minutes was like, I needed that. <laughs> You're outing up. <laughs> right. I get that. Outing the day and, oh, so like, you and mentioned I, this. You know, <laughs> once or twice. And um, I would just like take a bath and pour a glass of wine and just not even turn. I didn't turn on the TV. Good I didn't see anything. I just needed like quiet and space to just mentally find myself. But Yes. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I was going to ask you about a support group. Like, how do you end up? I love to relate to people, whether whatever the case may be. So is there like a group of moms or other parenting parents going through a similar situation that you can somehow find and connect with and lean on and, and try to navigate this insane journey that you shouldn't have to be navigating? Yes, it's and it's crazy. It's it's crazy how much is out there. Um, and for as bad as, you know, social media can be, um, it's really powerful as well. And just the fact that we could put out there our story about our son and so many people reached out to me and connected me to other people that had gone through it. Um, and even in different States, I'm, I'm, I talk to families in different States that I would never know. So how did you, that. How do you connect that? Like how did, so you like Facebook, there's like a group or like how? There's groups. Yeah. That I'm on, on Facebook, like a, ch a child leukemia group um, that I, you know, I, I, I kind of scroll through that quickly and not try to read a lot of it because it, a lot of it is just, it's hard to read. And it's a lot of what other kids are going through and relapsing. And we were very lucky at the end oh of um, Owen's first 30 days when they redid a spinal he had zero blasts left in his blood. I really, really believe we caught it early. And I have goosebumps um, everywhere. Holy you can way. come out like when you're diagnosed with it, kids are start at st standard risk. And then you can either come out at high, back at standard risk, where it's still in your blood a little bit, high standard, where like th their body's not really responding to the treatment that they're getting, or low risk, which is like the best case scenario. So Owen fell into the low risk, um, which we were so grateful for. And he actually was, since he was low risk, he didn't even have to go in a study. Um, and so he's using all of his chemo medicine that he takes is on lower doses that a standard or higher risk child would get. And he's even getting, he's not getting some of the medicines that they have. Um, That's so amazing. So he is still on chemo. I was actually just going to say, so you're about two years. I mean, February will be two years. Yeah. What does Yes. What does everything look like for you guys now? Like I know you were just at children's yesterday. Yeah. Um, so they told us that this was a two and a half year plan and we knew our, our, our end goal was 2023. Um, now we know that it's, it's August of this year. 
So we're counting down the oh, days. Oh, that's amazing. I feel like I want to have a party. Can we fly up? <laughs> Actually, we're going to be at, at the beach on Ocean Isle when he takes his last chemo orally. Well, holy shit, I'm coming down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, he, you know, after we left the hospital um, in 2021, we had a lot of inpatient stays. We would have to go in every couple of weeks and stay a couple of nights. They would give him leukemia or I'm sorry, chemo through his his port we'd have to stay the night because it would have they'd have to he'd be peeing, peeing in jars and we'd have to test his urine and he'd have to clear it before we could leave so those were usually two or three nights we'd be in the hospital um they got hard on him and i it, it I was, was a lot of stress yeah. and you know a lot of is it painful for him katie like was these things sound like really tough as i know mean, you know well, emotionally well, draining. what about the medicine today that like I put a cream on his port before we go in and it numbs it. So he feels like the pressure of the needle going in, but he can't feel the prick. Um, and when he does oh, his spinal okay. taps every three months now, he, they put him to sleep. So he's not feeling it. And it, we've been oh, really good. lucky that, you know, if someone has a spinal tap or something, they, they have headaches or bad side effects We're we're really lucky. He goes through radiology just because it's easier for them to get the needle in his back. And so they do a really good job of, where they're putting it. And so That's he doesn't amazing. have too many side effects from that. Um, so he does still have of Owen, like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, he's oh, still doing I'm, like, I asked you a question. I'm jumping all over. <laughs> well, fine. Go ahead. He still has to do steroids, oral steroids, um, where they just give him, they just blast him with steroids, uh, for a week. And we've, we've gotten better with it, but like, I'll keep him home from school for that week. He, he just, he Does just it make feels, him hungry and like oh yeah shitty. He's he's like a pregnant woman. He wants specific foods. He loves cheeseburgers when he's on steroids. <laughs> um, but you know he's he's doing better with it. We just keep him home because he it's like a roller coaster. Like one day he's sad. Um, he's very emotional. In the beginning, he was very angry. Like he would have. I was yeah, and that was well, hard. I mean, it is supposed to make you not feel like yourself. You know, I mean, steroids yeah. are can be crazy. Yeah. So what about I was gonna ask too? Like what about the part? of just Owen being a kid, like Owen getting, playing sports and being with friends and going to school. Like what did that side of the journey look like for you guys? Um, it was hard in the beginning because he was our, like I said earlier, he was our active kid. He was just always all over the place, um, running around. Like I would take him to my gym with me and he'd be lifting weights in between. And it, he, when we came home from the hospital, that was probably one of the hardest things for Morgan and I was he went on steroids in the hospital and he gained a ton of weight in the first 30 days. He went from a little yeah. you know, chicken wing to he looked like a like he just looked like he ate a chicken. I mean, he he gained a lot of weight, probably 30 or 40 pounds within, you know, a month or two. Oh, and, wow. And the steroids made him lose his mobility. Um, so he couldn't even walk when we got home. He we went through he had to have a walker he couldn't even get out of bed. He couldn't even sit up in bed. Like we had to retrain him to do all of that, um, which was really hard to watch. He, he had a walker. He had, he had stretch marks all over himself. He just, he wasn't himself. He wasn't a normal seven-year-old kid. And that was the hardest thing was watching him just not thrive the way he should be thriving. He, instead of being in school, he was in hospitals. Instead of you know, making his friends laugh. He was making the nurses laugh. It just wasn't fair that he was robbed of 
a couple of years. Now today, two years later, it's a little bit different. We are trying to keep things as normal as possible for him. Um, he, you know, he goes to school full time now when he's not sick. He has straight A's like he always has. Oh, he, good he has, job, buddy. <laughs> he has straight A's. He, you know, he sees his friends. Um, the only thing he's really missing out now is is sports because, you know, we got to be careful with his sport. And, uh, okay. So there's a chance like if he's playing baseball and like a ball hit, like that's, we're concerned yeah. about the port site. Okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're finding other things like he is, he got acting, um, classes for Christmas that he's going to start in February. He's really, really, that is so cute. That. Anybody knows <laughs> Colin, he's super animated and he does the best movie in, impressions and he's just, he could go really far with it. It's really that's just his jam, but. Oh, I love it. So Katie, on a day to day, does he feel pretty good now? Like does, you know, like he feels like himself? Yeah. Most days, most days. Um, Ugh. He does have days where he, well, you know, I'll take that. but you know, he's not feeling good today. He's just laying in bed. He he's starting to get a cold. We knew that yesterday when we were at the hospital, but that's the only thing we really have to watch for now is if he fevers, um, he can get an infection. And he has, you know, his port is like a central line inside of his body. So we can't mess around with infections and bacteria and stuff. So we got it. We keep an eye on it. And usually we have to go to the hospital at some point because it gets up there and they have to give them um, antibiotics and stuff. But how do you know when to do that? If, is that a crazy question? Like if he has, how do you, he has a cold, which kids get colds frequently. How mm -hmm. do you know? I don't know. I feel like I'd just be so nervous and just paranoid all the time. Like, how do you keep yourself calm and knowing when, when to worry and when did not, if that, I don't even know if I'm making sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now two years later, I know what I'm doing. In the beginning, it was terrifying. It's like, you know, when you have your baby for the first time and you leave the hospital as like you and your husband and baby, you're like, oh my God, they just let me into this place with a baby. Like, what do I do? And it's kind of like that. Like they sent us home with all these drugs to give him. And that's very like, I know I'm very, I'm very uptight about it because I am just like, if he misses this, like that's on me. I can't, but with his fevers, they gave us like a little pamphlet and, um, it has like a lot of information on kind of what to do when this happens, this happens. So it's, you know, if he hits a certain degree of temperature twice in an hour, we have to call children's or if he goes oh over gosh. one or two, we like, we just have to take him down and let them know we're coming. You got to go. Yeah. Katie, that is a lot of pressure on you. I can't even imagine. And this, okay, this might be too personal. I don't know. It just came to my mind right now. So just, I have a, don't have a filter sometimes. Is that hard on your marriage, on your friendships? Like just, you're carrying the weight of the world. And so the people to me that are closest with you are going to feel the wrath of me when I'm not my best self. And also, I feel, I don't know. I feel like it was all on me and people can't relate to me. Like, I think that would have to be hard on my like closest relationships. Yeah. I mean, the, the, person that has taken the brunt of it is Morgan. It's, it's, Which they, they do, say, you know, I mean, they say anything like that in your life. If you, if your child's sick, if you lose a child, if just anything that's life-changing, it does take a toll on your marriage. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. We've had, we've had a rocky couple of years, but we're doing good now. And uh, we're doing, we're doing well and doing what's best for our kids and Owen and in a different spot than we were along, you know, a couple of it years. It does ago. make sense to me that that would be really tough if that makes sense. You know, I just, I could see a, those, that correlation there. That would be really tough. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I asked you this earlier, but just like taking care of yourself through this whole journey, but in general, I feel like you, 
I don't know if I've ever said that to you, but I really admire this about you. Like you're just a great mom and you're really hardworking and you are, I mean, just crushing, taking care of your son, but you're also seemingly to me like take or taking time for yourself too, which I think is so important. Like I've watched your fitness journey and it's just so impressive. Like, I wonder if you even know how many people you've inspired. And I guess I was wondering like, what make you, what made you like one day wake up and be like, you know what? I'm joining this gym and I'm running this 5k and I'm just going to kick ass at life. Like, I just love this about you. Yeah. Um, that's actually, I, you know, my fitness is working out is my, my mental relief. I, if I don't do it, I don't feel good. And it's just always been important to me to take time for myself because if I don't, I'm not going to be a good mom and I'm not going to be a good wife. Right. And so that it's it's important um you know working out to me is just it's it's something i have to do every day not every day like i don't work out on the weekends but you know what i mean like it's just part of my routine and, um, <laughs> it's actually funny that my fitness journey is about 5 years ago when um max you know <laughs> max has a neurological disorder that we learned about 5 years ago called uh charcot marie tooth disorder um basically he's missing protein no matter what katie i will never be able to i'm sorry repeat that again because i was just always think that i'll never be able to remember that name no matter it's what. hard it's you hard know, it's just, they just it's abbreviated yeah, it's, it's a tough one it's just the name it's the last names of the people that discovered it um charcot marie tooth disease he's missing proteins in his muscles um we went we had to go through a lot of testing with that with him Luckily for him, he, you know, it, most people don't know they have it until they're 40. Um, and it, you know, the, oh, wow. the best case scenario is what Max has. He, he lives with it. There isn't a cure or a pill or anything he can take to help with that. But just he's been in physical therapy since he was little. Um, he has to wear night braces to help stretch his calves. He's just so tight in his legs. And, um, I think when we found that out, you know, this was years before everything with Owen, it was just an aha moment for me that I need to take care of myself because I only have one body and I need to be strong. And then it just kind of turned into my kids are watching me, you know, they were imitating what I was doing. If they came to the gym with me or if I worked out at home, they were they're, they're down in my weight room, like lifting weights. And so I just, I you love know, that. I want, you're being such an inspiration. I want my kids to know that they can do anything they want you know, and if you work hard, you know, you get results and yeah, that's really what started that, that. And, and, and I think that was a big, I love that um, helpful thing for, you know, just getting through everything with Owen. Like I was at children's in the gym working out. Cause I just needed, that was another thing I did for myself was I just needed time. Like the child life would come and sit with him if Morgan wasn't there. And I'd take an hour for myself just cause I'm a control freak, Ash, you know that. <laughs> I like the whole thing. <laughs> I I, listen, I said we had a lot in common, Katie. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, but I really, I just, I really do I can't say it enough. I think that's true. You can control the controllable. That's like one of my um, favorite therapy things that she always tells me. You can, yeah, yeah, you can only control so much, but those that I can, I really try to latch on to. But um, I do, I think it's amazing. And I, I don't even, I bet people have verbalized this to you. And then uh, probably uh, most people haven't, but I guarantee you're an inspiration for more people than you know. I was even thinking about that with Owen's journey. Like I, I feel like you'd be such a great advocate for other families and, you know, other moms with this new diagnosis. Like you're just, you, because you are really positive and you are smart and have a lot of information and you have a great ability to connect with people. And I don't know, I don't know where I'm headed with this, but I just like, 
I want people to be able to find you and know you're there if yeah. they're going through a similar struggle because you would be such a great resource. Yeah. I'm all about giving back. Like I said, you know, I'm, I had all those people reach out to me that went through something similar and I don't know what I would have done without them. I could ask them anything and bounce anything off of them. And they were just super helpful um, through it all. And still, you know, they're, they're very supportive. So I'm absolutely loving to help anybody I can. Um, I, you know, once he's through with treatment and stuff, I'm looking into doing volunteer work with something that has to do with childhood cancer. Um, I don't exactly know what that is yet, but I'm trying to figure it out. I love that. Yeah. And you will, that. though. That's the thing, again, about me, about you. Like, you will figure it out and you'll be doing something. Because once you say you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's weird is I feel like I was thinking about this interview and I feel like I glossed over so many chapters of your life. But again, I thought this story is just, it's important and it's powerful. And I don't have that big of an audience, but you just never know. I feel like there's going to be that one person listening who either is, well, I mean, hopefully not, but you know what I mean? Going through something similar or has like a close family member or somebody that is. Mm -hmm. And I just, I like that ability to kind of connect on certain levels or have just somebody be able to relate to it, you know? Yeah. And it's really all about people knowing people knowing people. Like I've had people reach out to me that, you know, with social media, you, you become friends with somebody, but you're not really friends with them. You're more of an acquaintance. And I've had people reach out to me sure. saying, that I don't even know that well, but they're like, hey, you know, someone else that I know is going through this. Would you mind talking to them? So, you know, even yeah, if someone that. are you always me, agreeable? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, the more people that's I can amazing. help. Yeah, that's that's my goal is to help people. So I do I have, have one more question like with Mac. <laughs> I do love that she said that. Heavens. I love her. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the little episode of my um, seven-year-old daughter, she said her goal in life was to inspire others. Like, yeah. what, a, what a big, broad statement for the little her nugget. Seven-year-old. I love so her. So are Max, right? Thank you. Thank you. Are Max um, or Owens, like, are, is there any genetic trait to these things or things that you they have to think about when they're having children? I just, Which seems like a lifetime from now. But do you know what I mean? Are there any... Yes. Is there a genetic component to either of these, the CMT or leukemia? Um, Max's definitely could be genetic. Uh, I got tested for it. It's, you know, I, uh, I forget what it was called, an electromyography test. They had to like prick, prick my muscles, my legs and my arms and see how oh. I reacted. Um, I do not carry that gene. So Morgan might, he hasn't been tested for it. Um, I don't know, but Max definitely has a, a possibility of passing that on. Owen's Owen went through genetic testing. It's not coming from any of our families. He's just like the shit and draw the luck. He just goodness gracious. Got right? it. One of those mysteries we'll never know, like how and why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we really haven't had we haven't had that conversation yet of it being passed on with his um oncologist. And we haven't had the conversation if it's gonna affect him having kids one day. Um, with all the drugs that he's taking. Cause that's something oh, man. like we are in the end and man, we're so excited. Um, you know, that this is Katie August coming like to the end around and the corner. But it's, you know, it's there's a lot of questions that, like I said, I try not to let my brain go there, but I'm human and it does. And you we worry about the R word. <laughs> um, I worry about Ooh. it a lot. Relapse. So you wouldn't be normal if you didn't admit that right now, but yeah. okay. So he's done in August. And then mm -hmm. what do your scans look like from there? Are they yearly? Are they like biannual? I, How I think often? Um, they're going to be every couple of months at first. 
And then depending on okay. how you know, his, his blood looks, it will go into like every six months probably. But I mean, it's always going to be a part of him. Like he's, I was thinking that like every time he goes to a doctor's office and he has to fill out that he's had that and, you know, he's, he's taken a lot of drugs. I, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, I'm feeding my son poison every day to keep him alive. It's, it's a hard, uh, Katie, we, when we met them at the beach this past summer and like, that was the first time that's actually really, I hadn't been able to hang out with Owen in quite some time, but I did get to see, um, you know, his pillbox with his regimen. And I, like, I felt like I was having an, I'm going to start crying again. Oh, three times a charm. Um, I felt like it was just like the realization cause he is doing so well and has had the best response and the most positive outcomes, but to, to be there and like looking at what he was taking on a daily basis. I, I don't know. I just had like a quick moment when we got there of like a, just a reality check for me of what you guys have been going through. Yeah. It's crazy. And that, yeah, that, that we're not even um, on a lot that like as much as we were in the beginning, but it's what do you do? Like, this is what we are dependent on to keep our kids alive. And, and we do need to do more fundraising and, and have more advocacy, you know, just, making people aware that this isn't like, just doesn't, you don't think it's going to happen to your kid until it does. Like this is a bigger problem than we yeah. think. And we really need to find a cure for this. Cause these, not to put you on the spot, but do you have any statistics on these things? Like how, I don't know. I can never remember numbers. Do you like how, I know I post about it all how the many time. children are dying. Yeah. They're do. And it, they're always are posted or thousands are diagnosed, you know, in our country every day. It's yeah, it's holy moly. It's and crazy. it's the, I think it's the cancer's the number one cause of death for kids in our in our country. Oh so it's just you really know, not even pit. worrying about yeah. not even worrying about relapse in the future, but just the, the side effects he's gonna have from the medicines that he's taking, you know, it that's worrisome. The and, unknowns. And again, that's right, it's the things yeah. you can't control and you're doing exactly what you had to be doing, but it is, yeah, I'm sure I can't even imagine what it feels like to not know what this is gonna look like for you down the road. Right. Oh, and okay. you know, listen, he's lucky that he can get these, he can oh, be sedated to, go, to get spinal taps, but he's going he's going under sedation every time he has to do that. Like my man's been put to sleep like 25 times now. I don't know. It's a lot. Cannot imagine. I can't yeah, imagine. It's a lot of Katie. A lot thank of you so much for doing this with me. Like I really, I have no idea how it's going to sound. I do feel like I cut you off a lot, but that's because I'm trying to learn. It's different when you're not looking at somebody. <laughs> Which we might have cried this entire time. <laughs> no, you're my kitchen. Not, I mean, it's just a lot. It's a lot to talk about. It's not like I'm willing to talk about it. It's just you. I could talk a lot about it because there's just a lot. But yeah, thanks for asking you, me. Yes. To be on. Yes. I'm so excited you agreed to do it. And I, I appreciate you being my test run for, um, you know, a remote podcast because eventually I did want to expand my circle outside of just, you know, my little people living in my Porter's Neck bubble. But yeah. even say that, I feel like, like we had talked about everybody does have a story. So I feel like every single person that I come encounter with, I'm like, you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> Talk about this. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I love that. And I know oh. you will, everyone, you, you'll meet someone new for like five minutes and you'll be like, do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, listen, blessing and a curse to this personality. Goodness gracious. Great. I'm so All happy right. So listen, everybody, I do. Thank you. I, um, like I said, I had changed this format a smidge, like kind of skipping the guest introduction and shaving off a little of the background, just getting down to business. So I would love some feedback. Uh, you can follow me and message me on Instagram at bright minds with Ashmon. 
um, you know, you can shoot me a text, uh, shoot me some snail mail, you know, whatever. But I would love to have some feedback. So check it out. Katie, I miss you and I want to see you. Can I miss you too. Soon? Yeah. Hopefully we see you. It's time. We're doing from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you again. I seriously really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Love you. Anytime. Love Talk you too. To you soon. Okay. All right. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening. See ya.